Hi there, and welcome to the Treeslet Podcast. Here we will take you on a journey through old and new forests, the life of trees, wildlife, and other ecosystems. We will be talking about the climate crisis and systemic changes, as well as individual and everyday sustainable and conscious choices, and how we affect the environment with our daily actions. This podcast is a project by Treeslet. We are a company that plants trees all over the world with the help of local communities and reforestation organizations to help reforest the earth one tree at a time. Welcome back to the Treeslet Podcast. Today we're sharing some inspiring reforestation and revitalization stories. The first one is that of Omar Teo in Ecuador. In a corner of the Amazon that stretches a few hundred meters in each direction that had been cleared for farmland, Omar took the little money he had as an accountant, quit his job and started working full-time on recreating a patch of rainforest in Ecuador which took him 40 years to complete. He gathered seeds and cuttings from the Amazon basin to replant them in his forest, and wildlife started coming back to his forest at some point as well. Omar also travels around to advise other farmers on how to regrow forests on their land, and organizations like Humans for Abundance are trying to make this easier for farmers to give up land they're making money from with agriculture or cattle to get other people to pay the farmers to restore ecosystems on their land. So people are actually paying the farmers for services for earth that are good for everybody and that they can still make a living of replanting previously used land that they had cleared of forest to use for agriculture, cattle, livestock, so on. Omar thinks that these reforestation and conservation projects are also so important because when trees or other species become extinct elsewhere, people can come to these places of restored land owned by farmers or other people and saplings and seeds can be found there and species can actually be stopped from being wiped out because they still exist somewhere. Omar started this project because he hated seeing the Amazon rainforest cut down and he felt the need to do something about it and conserve species and give wildlife a home on his patch of land. This story is one of Sebastião Salgado and his wife Lelio. Sebastião, who was a renowned photographer, was exhausted after documenting the Rwandan genocide and returned to his home of Brazil, and he was shocked to find that the area was barren and devoid of wildlife. So he and his wife decided to replant the forest together. They founded Instituto Terra, which focuses on replanting the native forest and has since planted 4 million native saplings careful to grow a forest that grows from saplings that come from the area so it thrives and wildlife can unfold there. They turned a silent patch of deforested land into a buzzing, breathing, living forest with about 172 bird species, 33 species of mammals, 293 species of plants, 15 species of reptiles, 15 species of amphibians that all returned to the area. In a matter of 18 years, they have turned that piece of barren land into a green, thriving ecosystem and inspired many others along the way.
This is the story of Jesus Leon Santos from Mexico. He is a Mexican environmentalist and winner of the Goldman Environmental Prize in 2008 for his efforts on a sustainable development of agriculture and soil conservation in the Mixtec region of the state of Oaxaca. This story, though, begins before Jesus' efforts because he, as did many farmers and other people in this area, learned about soil conservation and sustainable agricultural practices from a group of Guatemalan refugees who fled to this region in Mexico in the 1980s. They were devastated about the erosion and desertification they saw there and so shared their knowledge on sustainable regenerative agricultural practices with the local population. At some point, there was a formation of a new farmer-led organization under the leadership of Jesus Leon Santos. The farmers purchased a plot of land together, which became the headquarters of CEDICAM, which is the Center for Integral Farmer Development, mainly focusing on reforestation and soil conservation, sustainable agriculture, nutrition and health. CEDICAM has been very well known, especially for their work regarding so-called containment ditches along hillsides, which retain water, prevent soil erosion, and can even help to rebirth new springs when previous ones had dried out. The ditches keep topsoil from washing away and channel water through soil to supply crops downhill from each ditch. This has been so successful that it was even adopted by the federal government. SETICAM was new to reforestation at the beginning and focused mainly on sustainable agriculture. But through much trial and error and visiting nurseries to learn techniques, they acquired the experience and knowledge to establish their own nursery, which produces over 30,000 seedlings per year. Many of the fast-growing trees that were planted in the area even were found in other areas where none were planted, suggesting that nature had begun to take over their propagation. SETICAM has improved many social and environmental aspects in the area in the most dedicated ways. Trees are growing now where they never were planted, dried up, dried up springs are flowing of water again, farmers are relying less on chemical fertilizers and pesticides and can better mimic nature and can support other farmers and educate each other in the farming community while working alongside nature. This is just a fraction of the inspiring stories that, that are out there and it is incredible to think that many people or even organizations didn't even know about certain sustainable practices, if it's agricultural, if it's about soil, if it's about the ocean, if it's about reforestation uh, or rewilding of parts of the world. And it is incredible to think that any of us can actually do this if we want to and that all of this knowledge is out there, especially with the internet today, we could basically find out how to rewild our own gardens if we wanted to. And this is something that really opens up this, this door, a door to a whole world out there that is that the power really lies within us people. You know, there is there are a lot of movements going on out there now that are really actually just pushing for for changes in this world, for for more equality, for not just for for people and and animals and, and the rights of people and animals, but also the rights of nature. 
we often see nature or natural ecosystems as something so separate from us whereas we are really just in an integral part of all of this and actually can be a source of healing instead of a source of destruction and i think it's also important for us living within these systems we obviously have to make money there are certain things we need nowadays to function in this modern world and it is really not about depriving us of those when we try and change all these systems but really just to see how can we sustain ourselves as communities while doing good for the planet which in turn is always always a good thing for us now the uk national ecosystem assessment actually has a very interesting chart of different categories that are called ecosystem services so services that are provided to us by ecosystems this is obviously a human-centered concept defined in terms of these ecosystems benefits to us people so often we find that the environment is not really valued in in our economies and they're really um the protection of ecosystems is not the top priority not at all so there are different services that ecosystems provide to us um, and these are provisioning services regulating services supporting services and cultural services so provisioning services are the products that are obtained from ecosystems raw products that we directly take out of them like food fiber, fresh water, or genetic resources. Then regulating services are the benefits that are obtained from the regulation of ecosystem processes. So for example, climate regulation by different entities like forests or the ocean, hazard regulation, noise regulation again if there is a if there is a forest, it regulates noise. If we plant Bushes, um, for example, that regulates noise. Um, pollination, obviously, which is integral for food production. Dise disease and pest regulation, regulation of water, air and soil quality, which ecosystems, healthy ecosystems, all do themselves. And then supporting services, which are ecosystem services that are necessary for the production of all other ecosystem services. So these services need to be happening. They support all other services, like soil formation, nutrient cycling, water cycling, and primary production. If these things don't happen, nothing else can happen. If there is no soil... Nothing can grow on it. If nutrients don't get cycled, nothing can grow as well. Water cycling. If it's really overly polluted and it never gets purified as well, animals and plants would die. Then there are cultural services, which is obviously a very human-centered concept, but nonetheless so, so important for us in our well-being and also how we treat and interact with the environment. So the non-material benefits that we as people obtain from ecosystems, which can be spiritual or re religious enrichment, cultural heritage, recreation and tourism and the aesthetic experience. So all of these are services that ecosystems provide for us. And if we actually can in ways 
make protecting these ecosystem services and enhancing them and using them in the ways that are sustainable and really um, that turn out to be so so prosperous and that we really look at the at the long game the longevity of these things so not just depleting ecosystems until they cannot or just hardly provide these services anymore if this was in, in economies in our current systems really the highest good imagine what that would look like if people actually got paid for reforesting their land which they maybe had deforested for cattle for agriculture for some sort of production for looking after that and for making sure that ecosystems are as healthy as possible that would change the entire narrative fast fashion is a big word right now imagine if every company that actually did good for the planet um, or or try to do as little harm as possible if they got supported the most, if they made the most revenue, if they were the ones that were on most magazine covers. So it's really just about, it's, it's very complex, but on the other hand, looking at it, it may seem so simple to us, the solutions to all these problems. There's also a great series which was uh, made by the BBC, um, which is about Charlie Hamilton, who is a conservationist and a wildlife photographer. And he actually bought a part of a rainforest. He, as all of these stories that I talked about now, he actually wanted to, um, he had, I think it was six hectares, so not really huge, but he bought a part of a rainforest, uh, which as well was, um, I think it was not primary growth, but it had been cut down once, um, but grew back. And he wanted to protect this piece of land, protect it from logging. And he also wanted to work on rewilding it. And this story is incredible. And on this land, it's going. this is going to be linked down below. So you can watch it as well as um, some articles and videos about the other stories that were mentioned here, which are all very inspirational and maybe this is even something um, that will provide some inspiration for you if you're working on your own um, rewilding or renaturing of an ecosystem. So Charlie Hamilton um, bought this rainforest, part of the rainforest, and he encountered so many obstacles and problems starting by with the fact that the people he had actually bought this piece of rainforest from were continually logging this rainforest illegally after they had sold it to him. And he visited this family at their home and actually found out that they had a daughter who was disabled and were living in such poor condition and really just did that in, able, in order to survive. And Charlie needed some distance from that after he had really seen the struggles of this family and he didn't know what to do because kicking them out of the forest and telling them not to log there anymore he would actually be putting the health of the forest over the health of those people and he didn't know if he could do that so to get some distance from this and to also understand better why in this case the amazon rainforest was being logged so heavily he traveled to different parts of the Amazon and met so many people who were, 
whose livelihoods are all dependent on the rainforest. So he met with some cattle ranchers who had obviously were, who obviously continue uh, burning down parts of the rainforest to start um, cultivating the land uh, in very different ways and uh, holding cattle there, which is obviously one of the main reasons that the rainforest is being cut down. Then also he met with gold miners who have huge open pit mines in the middle of the rainforest, which look like little swimming pools um, where they take out take out gold dust, basically, uh, and also use a very toxic heavy metal, which is um, mercury. So there are many, many people who are very dependent on the rainforest. Um, on his on his journeys, he actually also encountered some uh, tribes, people from a from an indigenous tribe, who don't really actually interact with modern societies in any way. Who actually live there and are partially uncontacted even. So he 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 just takes you through this experience of very different entities. And this, at the end, will probably make you more confused if you've ever thought about some of the solutions um, to this. How can you make people actually independent from this global network, from this global economy that is really driven by pollution, by destruction? And so in these areas... How do you make people independent? Because most of them are regular people who are destroying the rainforest and where we as as most of us as Westerners, as Europeans maybe, or people from the industrialized Western societies, quote unquote, we think, you know, they're they're destroying the rainforest. This is really bad. But they're actually destroying the rainforest because of the demand from people all around the world for these goods that are derived from the rainforest or that that can actually like soya production beef and 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 the cattle there or rubber from the rainforest different medicines so these are all things that are actually demanded by the rest of the world and people there because they're a part of this global economy and the government has made also them independent from this from this global economy they if they just wanted to stop destroying rainforests it would be really hard to survive so this is a very very conflicting and difficult question um that just takes a while to mull over is how can we actually make these inspiring reforestation samples that we heard about in the be beginning um, those examples how can we make this the norm how can we make these projects what actually sustains people so they don't feel like they have to have to live kind of with a few pennies in their pockets and not being able to support their families if they're actually trying to do good for nature and basically also for their fellow humans, wildlife, any animals um, on this planet really. And that's a very, very difficult question.
So if any of you have any really good ideas, we would love to hear about them. Um, you can just send a mail to treeslitpodcast at yahoo.com and we'd be happy to hear any inspirations or unique thoughts from your side. Um, and yeah, this is definitely something to think about. How do we change this narrative? And this would be definitely be something that would change the world. Luckily, there are many, many more inspiring stories out there of humans revitalizing and nurturing nature, people and wildlife. What a thing to say at the end of your life. I spent it in nature, I replanted a rainforest or I fed my community and helped bring soil back to its thriving state. What a wonderful world with such wonderful opportunities to work in and with incredible ecosystems and knowing that with our own two hands we can bring about widespread healing and rejuvenation and anybody is capable of that. If you have any stories to share or know somebody who should talk on this podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to us via mail at treeslitpodcast at yahoo.com. See you next month on the 20th for a new episode.